This is the Horse Radio Network. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to tonight's uh, Facebook Live here for coronavirus coverage in the horse world. We're just giving a minute here for more of the live listeners to come in. If you can, just type uh, your name and where you're from so we know who's watching today. And we can all see that. The guests and I can both see that. Sometimes your name pops up, sometimes not. Uh, But hello to the ones that are popping in now. We appreciate you joining us again tonight on this nightly coverage. We're doing this every night at 5 p.m. during the week. In the weekends, I'm taking off to give my voice a chance to recover and I can actually talk again. I'm Glenn the Geek, founder of the Horse Radio Network, host of the most popular podcast in the horse world, the Daily Horses in the Morning Show. Today we have with you Julie Broadway. I'm very excited she could be here, president of the American Horse Council, with her take on where we're at and uh, where the horse world is, because she has ears in almost all the states. Plus, we have one of our auditors and longtime listeners, Haley, who runs a barn that has shut down uh, to borders, and we find out how that is going and what the reaction has been and have the borders been cooperative and that kind of thing. Hi, Hillary from New Jersey. Welcome. Before we get started on the coverage tonight, we're uh, we're here, as I said, 5 p.m. every weekday. And this is also put out an audio form on the Horses in the Morning podcast feed. So if you miss it, just catch it on the Horses in the Morning podcast feed. As well as Horses in the Morning, we're keep, keeping light and lively. Jamie and I, yeah, we have to talk about this, but we're keeping more fun. We're doing the fun side of it to take your mind off of it for an hour and a half every morning. So you can tune in with us then on the podcast feed. Tomorrow, I'm very excited. We have New York Times reporter Sarah Neer. Uh, She is from New York. She is a reporter. She's a Pulitzer finalist, and she's been on our shows before, but she has caught uh, COVID-19 and had it for quite some time and is recovering from it now and will tell us all about her experience, one living in New York and one And the other thing is what it's like to live through it. So that'll be tomorrow. Uh, We have a very special announcement I'm making here for the first time. We have Monty Roberts coming on and doing his first ever in his life Facebook Live Q&A, where you'll be able to come on the screen with him and ask him questions and talk to the man himself. So that took an act of Congress to make that happen. uh, But he's going to do it uh, technologically more than anything. He's more than excited to do this. So we're very excited. That's Monday night. We're going to give you more information about how you can too can come on the show and talk to Monty. That that uh, will be coming up. We're also working on another concert, hopefully a multi-continent concert in one night. So we'll be working on that as well. Now the disclaimer that I have to do every night is we are not uh, medical professionals and we are not offering advice in any way on medicine or finances or anything like that. Uh, and you should not take our advice on anything like that. Please consult a professional for the health of you and your horses, because uh, you don't want, certainly want to trust me with that. I am here to offer opinions. Some of my guests are a little more expert, uh, and between the two of us, we hope we don't confuse you. I said I was going to start with a positive every night this week. Prince Charles has recovered and out of quarantine now, out of self-isolation, and he's feeling much better. So that's good news. And also John Krasinski, I don't know if you've seen this. He's doing a new show called John Krasinski's Good News from Around the World. And he sits there and he's, it's actually really good. He's doing a good job with it. Uh, his first interview with Steve Carell uh, to mark the 15th anniversary of The Office. That's one of the places you know John from. Uh, and he's just, he, it's just a fun show. It's a lot of positive news. He's the one to do it. He's very good at it. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, just search for Some Good News. 
news. It's a some good news network. So good for him for taking the opportunity to get off his couch. And he actually put a suit on, which I thought was amazing. Uh, so you can find that uh, on YouTube as well. Well, tonight we're going to bring in here Julie Goodnight, old friend of mine on the Horse Radio <laughs> Network from a long time ago. Uh, she is now president of the American Horse Council. She's been president of several things along the way since I've known you. So <laughs> thank you and welcome to the show. Well, I'm glad to be here. And I'm Julie Broadway, president oh, at the American Horse Council. I even I have that Julie Goodnight and she's delightful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, ta- I, I, I read an article about her earlier today, and that's why I had her on the brain. Yeah. I even have Julie Broadway up here. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. So, Julie, um, American Horse Council, just give everybody a brief overview of what you guys do again if they don't know. Okay, so the American Horse Council is the equine industry's advocacy organization based in Washington, D.C. We meet with um, both legislative uh, members and with regulatory members to advocate for what we need to do to have a better and a sustainable and thriving horse industry. Uh, And along the way, we get caught up in a lot of different things, such as our topic tonight, which is the pandemic and how we can help the industry survive and thrive through these tough times. Um, so I'm I'm really pleased to be here with you. We have um, all major equine associations and a lot of individual horse owners and breeders that are members of ours all across the country. Well, and I did want to mention that we have a lot of Canadian listeners apparently joining us tonight. So welcome to all of them as well. So we have a lot of things we can talk about with you. Let's first of all, what what is the Horse Council doing at this point? I know this wasn't in your handbook when you became president, you know, global (laughs) pandemics. So what are you guys doing now to help the horse community as a whole? So the first thing we did was really mobilize ourselves and put together a coronavirus resource center. So if you go to our website, which is www.horsecouncil.org, you will find a link at the top of the page and All the information that we're collecting from all sources, we are putting in that resource center. Uh, It's got things that are very specific, both at the federal level and at the state level. We've also linked in a lot of uh, YouTube videos and other things, trying to help people look for ways to survive. Uh, The resource center focuses on uh, horse health, human health, and business health. So we've got things there for nonprofits, things there for associations, things for small business owners. Uh, We just tried to put everything we possibly could there. We're updating it constantly. And at least once a week, we're sitting out a bulletin to let folks know that updates have been made. So they don't have to keep going back and looking to see all the new things that have been added. But a lot of resources there. And just yesterday, we put out a special edition of our tax bulletin, which is done once a quarter to give folks an update on tax issues. But because of the recent CARES Act that passed, there's a lot of things in there that people want to learn more about, how to take advantage of, how to find funding. We've been getting phone calls from people who are saying, oh, I'm a small uh, rescue organization. I've lost my ability to hold my annual fundraiser. I I don't have volunteers able to come in and I'm looking for free resources. Can you point me towards a hay bank or some feed coupons or something like that? And how do I find a small business loan or what are the different avenues that I have to find resources to help us? Um, just can I, can yes, I stop you yeah, there for a second? Sure. So I did want to mention, we talked about this last night, but we should mention again tonight, if we 
have new people on that topic of small business loans. Part of this rescue package, the, the one that just passed, is a streamlined small business loan. And there's two types. You can actually apply for small business loan or you can apply for the up to $10,000 basically uh, immediate check that 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 is then forgiven. They're calling it a loan, but it, it's then forgiven. We did that yesterday because we've lost income. You know, a lot of our sponsors are are, are bailing out of necessity, um, and it was a very simple application. It mm -hmm. was easy to do, and it, pretty much if you run a business, whether you're self sole proprietorship, whether you're a, a corporation or you have a farm that's you know doing business or you have a boarding stable, you can apply for this. And uh, it the application was very simple very easy it didn't even ask for tax returns uh so that's one thing i would say is it you know i don't know how much you get up to ten thousand is all they're saying i don't know how the criteria is but we did it and now we're just waiting to see what happens yeah and the good part about this type of a loan and i'm using that in, in yeah. quote there uh <laughs> is that it can be applied for any kind of operating expenses payroll rent mortgage, any kind of existing business debt. So they haven't put a whole lot of um, a real parameters on it. They're leaving it up to the organizations to really use it in ways that they think they need. And that includes nonprofits too. That's that. correct. Right. That's yep. correct. That's um, we know that there's a lot of groups out there that have had to furlough workers. Um, and this is a nice way to find some, some income of cash that'll let you bring those folks back to work or come up with a plan for how you're going to get through the next few months while you still need some help. What I would say, though, is do it today. Do not yeah. wait because you, we don't want to be the end of this line when the money's run out. So, <laughs> yeah, you, I, I know they passed, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions, but it's not infinite when half the country is applying. So uh, definitely get it in early. They say that the checks will come out within three days worth of, appro uh, of approval, but nobody has any idea when approval is going to be. So right. I have no idea there. All right. Let's you just spoke with uh, 24 state councils in a group call. You probably use Zoom, which I'd wish I'd bought stock in. Um, so, <laughs> uh, how'd that go? And what's what's the feeling? And the I, everybody has to be concerned and worried. Yeah, of course, there's a lot of, of anxiousness about it. Um, but each state is uh, working very closely with their state Department of Agriculture to determine what are the rules for shelter in place? How does that apply to horse facilities? What are ways that people can work around this? I'm really looking forward to your next speaker because some of the boarding barns have had to close to their clients, but others have gotten very creative and they've They've looked for ways to schedule things so they only have one person there at a time. They're not sharing tech. They're really being mindful of social distancing. And they're really thinking outside the box about how they can continue to engage their normal boarders and clients in a way that's still safe. Are are they what are they looking for help? What are the state horse councils? What's what what do you think their biggest challenge is now and and going forward? Well, we don't know how long this is gonna go. It's gonna go longer than we all think it's gonna go, is the way it's looking. So what what are they viewing as their biggest challenges? Are we gonna get in the situation where hay and feed and they're gonna so, have to be dealing with that too? So there, um, I think the first thing they're trying to do is be that communication mechanism for folks in the state, help to clarify what the rules are and you know what they can do and what the, the uh, parameters of those things are. I do think that they are already looking at avenues for additional types of resources, as you said, hay, feed, those types of, of things that, that they may need have access to. Some state horse councils already have those kinds of programs in place. Kentucky's a great example. I believe they have a hay bank, a vaccine bank, and a feed bank. 
bank already there. Other states don't have some of those. And so they're looking around, trying to figure out how they're going to help with that. Um, I did hear something on the call that I was really surprised about. Um, some facilities got concerned when this all came out that they were going to have difficulty getting um, feed or hay. Um, and they didn't know how long it was going to last. So they went out and bought a month's worth of feed or a month's worth of hay. So some some places, the resources are going to start to get uh, smaller um, for others to get access to those. And I wouldn't call it necessarily hoarding like we see with the toilet paper issue. But people were concerned enough that they wanted to get what they needed and make sure they had it in place so they could feed their horses. But that does mean that there's lesser supply for others. So that's one of the challenges I think some of the state horse councils was also trying to help come up with solutions for. And I've been recommending all along. We were early in in warning barns about what was coming and you know what was going to happen. And I've been one of those all along that's saying you should have 30 days. Now we talked to Purina last week, and you know storing grain if it's warm out, you want to put the grain actually in your house. If you've got extra bags of grain, it, you you want to put it in a place where it's not like we've been in the 90s here in Florida. It's been hot. You know if we stored grain for a month out there, it would turn into a lump. You know uh, so you know, you do have to be careful to store it in a properly climate controlled place if you're stocking up for a month. Hey, it's a different story, obviously, you know. Um, and, you know, even Purina said, look, if you run out of grain, horses can survive on hay and a little bit of grass and water, you know, it's, it, it, but, you know, you do want to keep in mind that I think there's going to be shortages and I said last night, shortages in food for people. And we are starting to see that across the country in places. And you know, I think we're going to continue to see that as, as certain systems start to get challenged. Um, but yeah, so I, think, yeah. I do think that's a good idea. Uh, and I'm not saying hoard. I'm just saying be prepared with, you don't need, you don't, I don't think you need six months, but you should probably have a month, you know, uh, uh, set aside. And I think most people probably that are listening to these shows do by now. Yeah. yeah, and I'll just also add um, the American Association of Equine Practitioners is really being mindful and trying to give those kinds of uh, cautions or advice to people who've got who've already bought feed. Be mindful of those kinds of things. They're they're making themselves very accessible. So hats off to them. What what are you seeing? You guys work with the legislature, um, and you know you're following these bills. They're talking about another bailout bill. I think that's going to be more for for recovery than than we are here. Um, so what are you seeing? What's the mood? I mean, you're up there. Well, of course, it's tense. Um, and I, th I think everybody's anxious about uh, what the long range prospects are and how the economy is going to recover from part of this. But I, I personally see a lot more bipartisan going on right now. I see them pulling together. I'm seeing more unity and wanting to find solutions that will help everyone uh, ride through this tough time. Um, so that's encouraging. So I, I'm, I'm really pleased. I have seen some special interest groups that have, have um, popped up that are trying to make sure that their, their case is being made. Uh, a really great example of that is in the association world. The American Society of Association Executives, ASAE, has been already campaigning and sitting around letters and asking people to sign on to make sure that in the next wave of this, associations get a little more help. Uh, mm. Associations are having to cancel conferences, which might be an income source for them. They're worried about their members not re renewing their memberships. And so associations are starting to get a little anxious about what their long range prospects look like. Um, so we're starting to see some movement in those kinds of areas too. I think we're all getting a little anxious about mm -hmm. being able to pay things. I mean, it's just, it's the nature of where we're at now. Um, anything else you want to, you want to say to everybody at this point? No, I, I know that people that listen in on your show are well aware of all these great resources that are out there. I have got tons and tons of contacts 
It, they range from great stuff that's coming out of nonprofit sector, which is having um, all kinds of webinars about federal grants and what you need to know and what you need to do about what, pro what nonprofits need to know. So there's lots of those kinds of connections on our resource center. I've got some that's coming from grant seekers. I've got all kinds of things that we've just been posting out there and sharing. And we also like, we're like you, we like the light and the funny stuff. Are there ways for people to continue to be physically fit when they can't get on their horse? How do they keep those legs going and get themselves ready? Um, so we've got some fun kind of YouTube videos for people about different ways they can exercise and that kind of thing. And we are starting to see a little bit more of some communities pop up for people, you know, are just really wanting to get back to see their their friends from the barn. How do I, how do I reconnect with them? So I'm seeing some some good things there, too. One of the things I've been seeing asked for in the groups uh, is a portal that would show for people who do, do need hay and things like that. One portal, basically, they can go do a search in their local area and find a hay bank. Uh, sometimes these things are hard to locate, you know, depending on how you're searching. So I don't know if, if anybody does that, please let me know because I'll, I'll promote the heck out of it. So Well, uh, also, I would suggest you go to the United Horse Coalition website. Um, they also serve as a resource center for just general um, needs. And you can go by state. And then if you click on Kentucky, it's going to tell you all those things that are offered in the state of Kentucky and who to contact and how to navigate that. But you can also just um, email um, Ashley Harkins, the director at the United Horse Coalition at UHC at horsecouncil.org. And she's a great resource and she'll do some looking around and she'll send you all kinds of, of good stuff if you need some help. And that they can just search United Horse Coalition. It'll pop they up. Can, mm -hmm, they can. Good. Well, it looks like one of our users or one of our viewers is getting hay right now. She sent the husband out. See, that's <laughs> one thing, Julie, I'm not allowed to do as a horse husband because I always bring back the moldy stuff because I think they see a horse husband and they just give you the moldy stuff <laughs> thinking you don't know. So Jennifer will not let me go hay shopping anymore. She has to do the hay shopping. I fail miserably at that. Uh, so thank you, Julie, for joining us. What's the website of the American Horse Council where they can find all this good information? So you go to www.horsecouncil.org and you'll find all the links you need to all the things that we have out there. And as I said in a press release last week, if there's something you're looking for and you don't see it on our site, contact us, let us know. We'll do the research. We'll try to get it up. So if there's a topic you want to hear more about, we're happy to try to find some content to add to that so people can um, can share that kind of information. Um, and so just we're here for you if you guys need something. Thank you, Julie. You've all, you know, over the years, I think you've been coming on our shows for about 10 years from different from different organizations. And you've always been right there. And, and thank you so much for always answering the call. Am I on the do not disturb list now? Uh, the uh, don't call me back list? Or do we... <laughs> Or did, I, did I pass? I've had a great relationship with you guys, and you Thank guys you. do a super job of, of helping us funnel information out to everybody. Oh, good. That To everybody, that's to me, everybody, that sounds like she's coming back. So thank you, Julie. Appreciate it. Thank you. American Horse Council. Well, uh, we have a barn owner now who has had to close down their barn. Uh, and be sure to hang around after that, because I, f I heard a disturbing thing from one of our listeners today. And I just have to talk about it. And I'm going to vent a little. So uh, that's coming up. But Haley's been a longtime listener of ours. And she I, I don't even know if we're allowed to say the name of the barn. So I'll leave that out. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll lay low. <laughs> okay, good. I won't even say what state you're from. So okay. Haley actually has been listening since probably we started Horses in the Morning 10 years ago. It's a long time. Well, been a while. Maybe not quite that long, but been a while. So what size is the barn? You're the manager, right? 
I'm just the manager. Yeah. So yeah. I don't own the barn. Um, yeah. I've been running the barn for, oh, two and a half years now since September, 2017. So, um, and we have 45 horses on site right now. I've got a couple different trainers. We have a Western and an English trainer and, um, you know, a, a handful of boarders and, and um, yeah. And when did you guys decide that you were, well, what did you decide and when did you decide as far as being open or not? Oh, last, last week, I want to say it was last Thursday or Friday, um, you know, talking with the owner, his main concern is safety of everybody. Um and, you know, we went in circles talking about what is the best thing to do. Um, you know, I've got some different friends in different states that are sending me emails of what their barns are doing. Um, and there, it's to me, it seems like there's a wide range. Some people are completely shutting the doors, closing it down all the way. Some people are doing really detailed, very complicated um, scheduling and setting in different restrictions. And so what we actually decided to do last uh, last week was we sent out an email to everybody and um, we restricted all our borders and um, set some max user limits on the arena. So we have an indoor arena and an outdoor arena. They're both really big. Um, the indoor, we set a max at like four users for the indoor and then four for the outdoor. Of course, the outdoors kind of rained on and off right now this time of year. Um, and it's, it's going okay. You know, one thing we ran into is um, there's a lot of horses that get extra care, you know, that isn't just part of our standard um, boarding routine, you know, um, people who want to come wrap their horses legs or medicate them or, um, you know, feed a special grain blend diet and, and everybody has a different definition of what is critical care, you know for their horse. And so, well, we all think our horse deserves critical care. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's some that are like, my horse is fine. And others that are like, if he stands for a day, he's going to knock up and that's the end of it, you know? And so it's really important that, um, to me, it's really important to make sure everybody feels taken care of and that everybody knows if, if we have to put certain restraints you know we're going to do what we can to make sure the horse is taken care of too you know um and and go the extra mile on those things i know uh, some of the barns were doing daily pictures and texting them to their owner yeah yep. i have um one of my employees and dear friends is she already kind of does that anyway takes pictures and posts updates of how everybody's doing and and i think it's appreciated now more than ever that she does that and it really helps um keep the the community strong I would like to see my scooter pictures every day if I couldn't see yeah. scooter, you know, definitely. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, definitely. It is hard though. I, I know I said, I said to you in the message and you asked, how's it going? How are you doing? And I, I've told everybody, I, I feel like, you know, you're constantly under fire for either doing too much or too little. And, and I keep trying to remind myself that nobody has ever dealt with this before. And so there's not necessarily a wrong as long as no. you're following the guidelines as best. And as you know can. what, though, uh, to be honest, we had a boarding stable too with 2025 20, horses, and it was the same even when there wasn't a pandemic. You were either doing too much or too little. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Of, that's just the nature of things. I don't know but, that that's you know, changed a lot. <laughs> you just try your best to take care of people and and address their concerns one at a time, and um, you know, and I think one thing that's important for as a boarder 
like if I could just talk to all boarders listening, um, you know, just because a change is put in place doesn't mean it's forever, you know, um, and to a different barn manager who might be listening, I think it helps to also try to give your boarders a timeline. Um, I think I think the biggest worry comes from uncertainty. And so if I if I've learned anything from this, I think that helps. And that's exasperated when they're not only uncertain about their horse, but they're uncertain about their life, right? I mean, right. you know, oh. getting sick and all that stuff. You, you know? want to talk about that. I Two weeks ago, I don't know if you knew this, but two weeks ago, we had a, a decent-sized earthquake. I um, did. And you've had about, there. from what I read this morning, about 400 aftershocks, literally. Yeah. And, you know, we're in an area where it's not that common to have earthquakes. And so, gosh, it was like March 12 or 13, you know, the whole world went to heck. And and then, gosh, a week or two later, suddenly the earth was shaking. And, um, you know, I, I've been talking to clients. I had one client say to me, you know, I would really like to know what is Jesus's ETA. Just if anybody knows. <laughs> There's I a lot of people really saying like that right know. now. <laughs> yeah. So we had a good giggle about it, but it's also like, but really, this is weird. <laughs> so <laughs> it's you, strange times. And I imagine the aftershocks are unnerving too, because you don't know if it's leading to a big one again. Yeah. You know, and that the horses were fine. Horses. Yeah. I was going to ask know, you that. The horses were fine. That, yeah. you know, I was actually home um, because I picked up a cold right when all of this went down. And so I, I stayed home for two weeks cause I don't live on site. And, um, you know, I'm calling and I'm texting my employees like, Hey, how are the horses doing? What do we need to watch extra careful for colic? And, and they were like, no, they didn't really didn't fuss <laughs> about it. You know, maybe we were far enough away from the epicenter, but you know, it, it certainly added to the, the heightened sense of uncertainty and, and worry just everywhere. <laughs> are uh, so and you know i think the other thing too and this is really hitting home for a lot of people now is you know you may elect not to go see your horse for a week uh, and there are those borders that do that and then they'll come out every day the next week uh, so but even if you're an infrequent border the fact that you can means a lot and now that you can't it means even more right yeah, uh, you, you know it, that feeling of isolation. And plus we all use our horses for therapy, right? Yeah. So, well, and that's yeah. something that has been discussed, you know, with several of my boarders is like, this is my outlet. You know, it, it's, it's a mental thing for me and an emotional thing. And, you know, some things that I've tried to, to throw my borders a bone, but still stay within guidelines is like, well, you know, if you need to get your horse out and take him for a walk down the road, that that's okay. You know, um, but you need to enter through this area and not touch these things and, and, you know, try to do these guidelines. Um, right now we're looking at, you know, implementing uh, some sort of a schedule where everybody has a block of time and then there's protocols in between, but, you know, with everything, it's, it's all in the air right now. And we're just trying our best to tell people we're there for them and their horses and um, that it's only temporary. Now, what did you, you know, guys do as far as provisions for the horses? Did you stock up at all, or did you have a, a stock of hay already left? Yeah, or? Um, it is tricky. This time of year, we usually don't get our first cut till May or June. And yeah. so it's kind of running near the end of everybody's stock in these next month or so. Um, luckily, I do have a contract with an alfalfa producer. That's really great. Um, sometimes the trick is more getting the truck to get you know, bring a big old semi truck of small bale alfalfa and then getting a team to unload it. They hate that. <laughs> I hated that. that. Way harder to do. <laughs> um, big bale grass is what I'm shopping for now. And I actually have got someone um, 
who can get me some. So I'm we're feeling okay on that. Sawdust though. Uh, gosh, a couple weeks. Sorry, we live by an airbase. I don't know. If I hear that. <laughs> the F-16s are flying by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They still go. Um, the sawdust, though. Um, we did get really lucky and got another big 120-yard semi-truck load. But talking to my normal supplier, they're like, yeah, we're not milling Yeah, because the mills aren't right running, now. right? Yes, because yeah. the orders aren't coming in. And there is a trickle effect. But I've got another client who's in the oil industry, and he's like, it's going fine for us. Yeah, know, they got more oil. Prices fact, are way I, down. Well, I just read today they're running out Stock of places to diesel. store oil in the world. They're producing too oh much oil. And, and nobody's using it because nobody's driving. So they, they've run out of places to store oil. They're going to have to stop production of oil just because there's no more place to put it. So Great. Well, uh, and you just think about employees everywhere down. You know, I've um, I've got a friend that works in construction, and he's, he's given me a lot of advice on what their business is doing. And um, they've they've made rules like, OK, you can only have one worker per room, you know, and you have to follow X, Y, Z protocols. And and what is so hard that people don't understand is, you know, you can set down two pages of rules and there will always be a loophole that someone will try to, you know, make an exception of. And you just got to be patient. You just got to be patient with people, patient with your manager, patient with your clients. You know, it, it, you only get through it, it together, you know. Yeah. And, and that patience is even going to become more important as we're in this for weeks and weeks more, you know. So uh, that and that's where patience, you know, starts to be different. It definitely I, is. I, There's no question. I, it's going to change. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's for better or for good. And, and eventually I, it might be for know, good. A little bit of both, I, I think. I mean, Think about 9-11, you know, it changed the world forever, but we all normalized and life went back to normal. It got back to bickering. It. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Hopefully we can all come together a little bit. I, I know you said um, what some of the celebrities are doing with their at home shows and I've been watching those too. And that, yeah, it's that fun. A lot of brought a light to my day. So it's but. fun to watch those. Well, Haley, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being a listener for all yeah, these years, too. We yeah. really appreciate it. And an auditor, by the way, for those that don't know, auditors are super fans at the Horse Radio Network. Uh, they pay like $3 a month and up, whatever they want to donate. And they get to be in the super secret auditor room, where is the most active room in the world uh, right there. So and fun. very totally supportive. Worth it very supportive and they talk about anything and everything involving life uh it's a it's a really good group of people it's like having 400 people in your family uh in that room and and that's what they do and again you know i want to remind you we we have 15 shows in the horse radio network you can get a lot of distraction from this if you have never listened before we have 10,000 episodes uh we figured it out if you listen to all those episodes 24 hours a day it would take you 300 and 60 days, almost an entire year. So you can be busy while you're locked up right now by listening to our show. Nobody has any excuse to say they're bored right now. That's right. That's right. That's correct. We have a lot of horse content going there. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to let you bail out before I go into my rant. So you're not part of it and not responsible for any part of it. Uh, But thank you so much, Haley. I really appreciate it. Uh, We've had such great guests here and you know, a lot of our listeners do interesting things and we're trying to get them on to talk about that too. So say hi to your husband Thanks, Dave. and everybody at the barn, your barn managers. (laughs) That's right. That's the new motto for today. Be kind to your barn managers. <laughs> yep, yep. Thanks, Thank you Haley. so much. See ya. All right, let's talk about. Uh, I'm going to go on my rant, uh, and I try not to do these every day, but I got one today. 
one of our listeners, I'm going to try and be very vague here, where they are, let's just say it's rural. And I'm going to not even say the kind of company it is, but uh, she let me know today that uh, her husband goes to work. I'm not even going to say what kind of business it is, but let's say it's not majorly essential. They, uh, their employer is not taking this seriously. They had six people in, at, working at the business that had fever and coughing. And they sent them home and said to come back in two days. Um, and some of the people were back the next day. Um, he definitely, the employer definitely said, if once the fever goes away, you have to come back in two days. So there's no quarantine. He doesn't believe in all of that. Uh, no regard for the government shutdown at all. You know what? This is why this is going to last longer. If if there are, take this and multiply it by 50 businesses or 100 businesses or 1,000 businesses across the country, that's why I'm scared we're going to be in this for a while is because of, of situations like this. What this owner is not thinking about is one of those guys get sick one of their family members gets sick and dies, the lawsuit's going to put him out of business. So, you know, he's not thinking about that right now. He's not thinking with a clear head. Uh, and, you know, I get it. I'm a business owner too. I'm scared too. You know, uh, we're losing income too. But, you know, I also said when talking, it's funny, Julie mentioned politics earlier a little bit. We are truly seeing po the politicians. It doesn't matter which party. I don't care who you are, Republican or Democrat. It doesn't matter. We're seeing the politicians who are true leaders standing up on both sides. The governors who are true leaders standing up on both sides, whether they're Republican or Democrat. Again, it doesn't matter. You're identifying the leaders by their actions now. And you're seeing the ones that aren't such good leaders pop up now, too. And again, it doesn't matter what party they are. So, you know, leaders are leaders. It doesn't matter the party. And, and that crosses party lines, spoken from a true independent here. Uh, but, you know, I, I just think it's important that I don't know how you solve the problem of this guy running his business, right? And multiply it times 500 others. I don't know how you solve that problem. China solved it because they'll arrest him, take him to jail, and you won't see him again. So fear is how it was solved in, in countries like that. We don't have that fear necessarily here, although the reverend in Tampa who had his church service over the weekend with hundreds and hundreds of people there got arrested. Uh, uh, so, you know, I don't know what to say about that. That's what concerns me. And it really does concern me because that's only going to make this last longer. They're going to get everybody. So you got those six people times. I don't know how many people work there that are getting their whole family sick, that are getting their extended family sick because they're probably still talking to each other. And I, I had a conversation with one of my friends that has always lived in the city. He really doesn't under, and I've always lived rural in many very rural places. And he really doesn't understand the attitude is different. It, it's, uh, and in some of these rural places, you know, what happens over there, meaning any place that's not rural, uh, isn't really apply to me. It doesn't apply to me. And I think that's why I've read many stories in the last two days, why this is spreading into rural America now. It's going to become a real problem there because they don't have the hospital facilities that the cities do. And they don't have the, the infrastructure to deal with it as it spreads. Uh, also, I guarantee you those six people that we know had fevers and coughing never got tested uh, and will never get tested. So, you know, the numbers are still skewed because of that, too. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here, but it is the fact. It is, it's what's happening out there today. And I'm seeing more and more of my friends because I have thousands of them across the Internet. And whether they're in the podcast side or they're listeners, 
that are just running into this every day. And it's so frustrating. It's just frustrating. So anyway, that's, uh, that's where we're at with that. I just had to talk about it today and get it off my chest because you guys are the only ones I have to talk to. Jennifer is sick of me talking about it. So you guys are the ones that have to suffer through it. Um, <laughs> tomorrow morning, we'll be back with some light, fluffy stuff. We're going to be playing some music tomorrow morning on the show because there's so many good coronavirus songs coming out that are funny and entertaining. Uh, uh, bon Jovi's doing some stuff that was really good. We're going to talk about. So... Uh, we're going to be doing a little bit of that. We have uh, some fun guests. It's health day tomorrow. So we'll be talking about something health. Um, I, you know, I, I got a Facebook user here that, that just commented, uh, I live in a rural area and people aren't taking it seriously. And actually, to be honest, and I live in a rural area too, I think rural areas are what's going to get us in trouble, but it's not going to happen for six. It's not going to happen for, you know, it's not going to be in six days. It's going to be the middle of May, which is going to extend this problem for everybody. And we're going to see the city start to calm down a little and rural's just going to, just going to, explode. And and that's my biggest concern because then everybody stays locked down. People still can't travel. Uh and you know it's unfortunate, but I don't know how to I don't know how you fix that. I really don't. Um I have no answers here today except you can have some fun with us on our other shows. Uh this one here to keep you, you know, a little bit more on the serious side of things. One other thing before we go, last night I talked about, I do, I'm not talking, you know, I'm not talking hoarding here, but uh, I had talked about how I do believe you should have 30 days of food set aside because I, it, we're starting to see some infrastructure on the food side. Not that there's a lack of food, getting the food from plants that are slowing down, making some of it to truck drivers, now to strikes across the country, uh, all of that. Uh, and today I'm starting to see articles on that. So uh, just be prepared for that. You may not be able to go out and get everything you did before. You may be making less trips to the store than you did before. Uh, you know, so that's something that I talked about last night that I'm finally starting to see articles on today. Uh, we just try and be, we, I try and look at the tea leaves ahead of time. Sometimes it'll be right. Sometimes it'll be wrong. But again, I'm, I'm not an expert at any of this. I just read a lot. Uh, and I have not stayed in a Holiday Inn Express for at least a couple of months. So I think that's worn off. Um, that's it for today. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll be back. We have concerts planned for you. Monty Roberts is going to be talking to people. We have all our regular shows. So tune in at horseradionetwork.com. We'll be back here tomorrow night with a New York Times reporter who had the virus and has just gotten over it over the last couple of days. She's going to tell us what that's like and also what it's really like living up there in New York. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We really appreciate it. If you missed the whole ep the whole show, you can catch it on the Horses in the Morning feed. It'll be there in audio tomorrow morning. So thanks all. Be safe and, uh, you know, give your horses a pat for me. And if you get to see them, give them a carrot too. <laughs>